Hello and welcome to a little peek inside Second Spring, the self-care guide to menopause and it's available for you to buy at bookshops now and it's a book that will help you navigate menopause soulfully and I hope there are laughs in there and it will it has a map of the psychological stages of menopause and how to navigate them. It's a, set out in a seasonal format it's really intuitive and easy to understand and there are loads of practices in there, ideas for self-care, there are audio recordings for you, there are yoga nidras and central to it all is the medicine circle, this beautiful guided visualisation that will take you through the seasons of menopause and into second spring so you can find your own way to look after yourself and your own remedies and see clearly where you are invited to grow. I thought I would share with you one of my favourite chapters in the book, which describes how culture makes everything worse. So there's a little bit of me reading. Then after that, I share with you the story of how Second Spring was written and all the many many people who have been part of her creation. You know, when you hold a book, you think that it's it's the property of one person, you know, it, it's a solo creation, but there are so many people involved. And I've been lucky enough to benefit from the support of just so many friends and colleagues, as well as the people at HarperCollins. So I really hope you enjoy the story of Second Springs, Conception and Birth. But before we get into that, here's a little snippet of a chapter to get you started. So you can settle, da settle down with your cups of tea, <laughs> your nunus, your bears. Um, well, I tell you the story of Second Spring. And it turns out it takes, to, takes a village to make a book. I started writing in the summer of 2019, really to try and understand my experience, my personal experience, and that of my clients and retreat participants. You know, I'd, I'd learned a formula, a formula, I'd learned a map, but I hadn't really integrated it into my own understanding properly in a way that I could really, that really came from my body, I think I, from within, you know, I'd learned something, but it hadn't really sunk in. So I was starting to write and I'd, I'd heard and witnessed other people writing books and the whole process looked so horrible, and so painful that I thought that that would be much too hard and only an idiot would try and do that because it would wreck your life because it was so stressful. So I definitely wasn't writing a book. So I pretended to myself <laughs> that I was writing blogs and I kept writing, knowing really that I really wanted to write a book, but I couldn't quite admit it because it felt so tender and so, um, I felt so vulnerable about it. So I started writing and I wanted to write a really clever book. It was kind of an ego-led, isn't, <laughs> isn't Kate clever fest? <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been, you know, would have been very good, I think. Very, very good. 
but very niche put it like that I'm, I'm sure you lovely people would have bought it and said Kate well done because you're kind and generous and sweet <laughs> but um you know nobody else would have done because it would have been very 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 niche um and at that point I called it uh, menopause and an inside job and I, I took a phrase from my teacher Alexandra Pope um with her blessing and from that point i started checking my emails and i've basically spent since summer 2019 and now checking my emails every five minutes to see if it's okay and to see if the if i if the imposter has been spotted and that's basically been my job <laughs> the next thing that happened was um i got a message from um menstrual uh, coach claire baker who said that her publisher was looking for a book about menopause at Pavilion. So I went to meet at Pavilion and it would have been a popular book called 50 Things You Should Know About Menopause. So I got, I was, I don't think I breathed, at that. I didn't do any breathing for about three months at that point. And it was a big secret. And I wrote the, um, what is it called? The, the, the sort of summary, the summary for this book um and that didn't come that didn't come through but it changed my focus from writing a clever isn't it a kate a clever book isn't a clever book to what about if we put this if i put this into the mainstream and something at that point something gripped me and i got really committed to to the to the project I kept writing, I got lots of rejections. Um, and that was very exhausting. That was really wearing. Um, you know, it got to the point where the next person who told me how many rejections JK Rowling got, I was going to punch them because it's like, but it hurts. It really hurts. Um, so at that point, I decided that I would publish it myself. So I hired um, Selena Wilde with the help and encouragement of Hilary Lewin. And Selena helped me um, do a structural edit and, a, and uh, a really, to really clean it up and really clean up my writing. And I had, you know, I was going to self-publish that August. So that must have been August 2020, and I had a designer, I had a coffee proofer, I had a publishing company that weren't gonna, that seemed kind of okay. And, you know, I went to my bookshelf and I looked at the books on women's health, and I thought I would just email people and say, I've written a book. Would you say something nice about it if you like it? You know, like an endorsement. So, much to my surprise, people did like it. And I, I was very, very surprised at the time, but, um, you know, big luminaries, like my, maybe it's not so surprising that my teachers said nice things because, you know, so Alexandra said nice things, but also people like Tammy Lynn Kent, the uh, holistic pelvic care luminary said nice things about it. Uh, Jane Hardwick Collins, and then prompted by, I think Julia Davis, prompted me to say, go and ask Uma to write a foreword. Um, and Uma did write a very um, complimentary foreword. 
And then I was, I asked Millie Hill because I, I like her writing. I have her books. And Millie said, well, do you want me to introduce you to my agent? And I, I was kind of, my jaw was on the floor and I went, yes, thank you. And it is in a, one of the sort of, um, I really want to celebrate that women stepping up for each other. So the, these were people who had profile, busy lives. They didn't necessarily have time, you know, for an aspiring writer of which they must get many contacts. And she stepped up and introduced me uh, to Jane Graham Moore, who might just still be here. She was here for the first half hour, my agent. And she has offered guidance and shepherded this book uh, through a bidding war with publishers. And this was the point when I just was checking my emails every three minutes, you know, it was, it was just like beyond what I had experienced before or ever really expected. Um, until it landed at HQ Stories, which is the division of HarperCollins. And Kate Fox, who was then the editor, became Second Spring's champion. I mentioned her earlier. It was her, um, her name, her, it was she who, who gave it the title, Second Spring. So in the context, to kind of help you understand how extraordinary all this is, that I, I had been told, that unless I had between 13,000 and 20 followers on Instagram, there was no chance of any kind of deal because mostly uh, publishing deals are given to people who already have an audience uh, to sell books to. Um, and it's, you know, they're usually ghosted by, by writers. Um, but at, at HQ Stories, very unlike the sort of saga of you know the, the big publishing house squashing their small author they absolutely let second spring have its own way and have nourished it and looked after it and yeah it's i have had so much support it's just been extraordinary and at the center as i said earlier is this medicine circle um which will yeah it will just go out into the into the mainstream which is, you know, it's quite potentially quite woo. So to have, have, I mean, it's like, like my secret evil plan is he, 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 people will connect with their bodies, he, 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 you know, without even knowing it, people will learn to trust their, their somatic experience. And that's just like, so gives me such a thrill. It's so exciting. And that wouldn't have been possible without without the work I had done with Leora over this time for her wisdom and patience and kindness. Um, and without that, I would have given up a long time ago. And the I want to acknowledge the uh, the experiences of people from the womankind community um, and also the wider circles and friends and contacts who've shared their experiences. And this is a really big deal. Um, for them to see their experiences in print going out there. So I really want to honour that their sharing is going to change, is changing already people's lives. But it makes a massive difference, this ability to be vulnerable out there. Okay, it's sort of three times removed. It was a Google form or a conversation we had and that, you know, a few drafts, drafts and drafts and drafts and now in print. But it, it's changing people's lives.
And that's such a generous act to share their, their life experiences in that way. And so this book is, is your book too. Um, I've been, I've had the benefit of some amazing writing mentors. I want to acknowledge Claire Murphy, who's here today, uh, who has writing classes and meditation classes and yoga, who's kept me in my body and out of my head over the last few years. And she has been enormously generous with her holding of my writing process. And also Kim Davis, I don't think is here. It's her birthday today, so she's doing something else. But she once, where were we? We were in the British Museum, I think, somewhere. And she said, I was kind of had my head in my hands going, I can't do this. And she said, they'll be lucky to have you, Kate. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and that, that was another kind of pivotal moment when I, uh, that really went in. So, yeah, when you know, when before I did this, if I if when I bought a book, I'd think, oh, this is so and so, this is the author's book. You know, you see the name on the cover and you think, well, you know, it's all about them. But actually, there are so many people involved in this process that I can't even count. You know, I, I was trying to count them up and I gave up. But here's a sort of resume. So there's the people who read my manuscript to make sure my friends and colleagues, so Juliet Cox and Kelly Holmes, Leora, Lottie Randomly and Lisa de Jong all read the manuscript for me um, and had real compassionate angles to help me improve it. Um, Kate Fox, of course, at HQ Stories, and she left, but Nira has taken over and has done an amazing job of championing Second Spring. And the copy editor. Oh my God, I love that woman. Sue Belfrage. She makes me look much better than I am. You know, amazing. Editing is just such a gift. And the designers who made who made it look so beautiful. And the PR department, you know, it's got it's gone out to kind of the independent and best and psychologists and women's magazines, which you know, is, is astonishing and marketing uh, in Amazon and advertising and all that kind of stuff that, you know, people, there are people doing that who I, I don't know their names. Um, and then the recording people who did the audio book, you know, the, the, like the delivery people, the printing people, right? it's, it's this huge organization to get that book out there. But all the way through, I have felt this really strong drive to get it out there that now was the time a real inner push to get on with it just do it just get on with it to come and it seems to have come through me to some extent um in a way that i haven't really experienced before so i feel very confident when i talk about it in a way that i don't usually feel confident about my work i've spent 25 years trying to explain what biodynamic massage is to people without much success. <laughs> but this is, this has, this seems to come through me. Um, at the same time as being enormously vulnerable around it, you know, and with imposter syndrome everywhere, constantly expecting to be called out, regularly in a dark place, under the duvet, doubting everything. Um, and I can do it because I have amazing holding 
from my awesome peers from Barbara Husong, who's here. Thank you, Barbara, tonight. And Liza Waller and Sarah McGregor. And, and yeah, this is what <laughs> really makes me crack up because these people have held me so beautifully um, through all of this. And so with such generosity and Caroline Duggan and uh, Abby Dania Buick and Lisa de Jong as well have all that's my peers you know have held me all this time and also i very the very generous community called the inside job tribe came along to help me promote it and have been working on social media and saying hooray at every step of the process um they've been i just just been knocked out by people's generosity with that and the Fuck it club as well who have also um, lent their support over time. And of course, my partner and kids <laughs> put up with me with my head being in a, in a completely different space. Yeah, and that is the story of Second String. And we all lived happily ever after. And this, I wanted to read this bit because I, I, it's the bit that I'm most interesting, which is about our, our culture. Um, our culture makes it worse, it's called. So, so much for what we, so much for what we consciously put inside our bodies by way of food and drink. We also absorb the outer environment of our culture, which is sometimes quite toxic. The sophisticated mixture of fear of aging, shaken together with the sexism, creates a potent cocktail of negativity that impacts all of us. As we've touched on earlier, we are made to feel we are not good enough, that we have failed and or should feel shame about aging. Which, of course, makes for an enormous profit for the pharmaceutical and beauty industries. Quite simply, we have been sold a lie to profit others and to keep us under control in a mass cultural act of gaslighting. The widely used term ovarian deficiency implies that we are somehow at fault for living beyond 50. There is no equivalent testosterone deficiency spoken about in men. Patriarchy has painted menopause as a death. A passage into uselessness and decay that marks us as malfunctioning. I believe that this is partly because it's at menopause that the scales fall from our eyes and we rebel from patriarchal norms about how we should behave. All this fear creates more stress, more rigidity, more isolation and shame, which has been shown to make our symptoms worse and maybe hold us back from being the person who we aspire to be. If we decided that we truly liked our savoury selves and stopped buying into the saccharine, fear-based marketing that sells most cosmetics, we would actually be depleting the pockets of CEOs and shareholders. Whether it's dressed up because you're worth it or real beauty, the gaslighting that cosmetic companies use to sell us products is insanely profitable. The US cosmetic industry made a revenue of 54.89 billion in 2017, which is equivalent to the uh, GDP of Croatia. 
cultural descriptions of over, over, older women are telling, wrinkled, dried up, harridan, used up, worn out, middle-aged, old bag, harpy, crone, witch, saggy, heading south, letting herself go. Do you imagine that the patriarchy might just possibly be afraid of older women? Even Twitter can seem medieval, as historian Mary Beard discovered. She said, I get called a witch often when I open my mouth to say something that the recipient doesn't like. <laughs> Managing our contact with a toxic, ageist culture can become a highly nourishing superpower. You might choose to reduce or cut out social media, particular publications, TV or radio from your life. Even taking a short break can be very, very refreshing. I love telling that story, mainly because I, I mean I, I find it quite hard to ask for help. I was brought up to be very independent and self-reliant, so asking for help doesn't is has I've had to learn how to do that, um, and it just shows what can happen when you lean into the support around you. I think I think that's what I take from it, um, and it's been such. Um, a gift and a learning for me to understand that there are there is a massive amount of support around if I can tap into it. Anyway, if you want to, you can purchase your copy of Second Spring with all the downloads and the audio and the practices and everything from your favourite bookshop. And I'd love to hear what you think about her, what what touches you, and what's been useful within Second Spring. Um, please come and tell me over at Kate underscore Codrington over on Instagram. And don't forget there are loads of free resources over at katecodrington.co.uk. You can always tap into those whenever you need them. And thank you for listening. I'll be back very soon with another peek into the inner world.